Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology. We retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 106 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have a story about the Irish god of the sea, Manon and MacLear, and what he got up to in his spare time. But first, a very big welcome on. This is the first episode of Fireside of 2021. We are bigger and stronger than ever as we're still in a full-scale lockdown here in Ireland, certainly for the rest of January. But with vaccines being sanctioned, with people taking the vaccine already, hopefully we are on the tail end of it and we can start building our new world together for 2021. So thank you so much to each and every one of you for checking in and for listening to this. If you please follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. If you want to message me or just say hello, I love hearing from all of you about how what Fireside has meant to you over over the lockdown it's it's really kept me going myself in in my own solitude of re- writing and recording and editing and releasing this this podcast please do contact me at the at gmail.com if you are not on instagram and if you want to you can support the patreon at firesidebard or at patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast where you can join our growing community of incredibly kind and generous benefactors who have gone that bit above and beyond particularly at this very difficult time for artists and indeed for us all Uh, so I want to thank again no new ones for this week but we had a huge influx over Christmas of people being very generous so I want to thank uh, thank you again to Shinon Featherston Connor Charleston Shane Grogan James Hurley and Greg Yankee as our five new patrons for the month of December thank you so much to each and every one of you the Patreon is there as an egalitarian model of soundness if you want to give something a bit extra but if not Follow me on Instagram or maybe just tell someone else about the podcast. That is more than enough for you to do to support and keep Fireside going. So thank you to each and every one of you. The story for this week, the last couple of myths we have had, which have been the two oldest myths in recorded Irish literature, which were the adventure of Conley and the voyage of Bran. The voyage of Bran, which we had last week, was the very first instance of any Celtic or Irish god being mentioned in an ancient Irish text. And so because of that, it's it's had me on a man on and MacLear buzz. And basically for the first couple of years of Fireside, when we've been dealing with the myths, we've been going in a chronological way, trying to do a, 
a broad stroke sweep through the entirety of Irish mythology and through the four cycles, which we have done. But now it's really time to fill in the blanks. And so this new saga or this new cycle I'm going to try and craft over the next couple of months will be just on all of the gods. I want to meet as many of these Irish gods as we can because there are a lot of stories about them. There's a lot of little nuggets, you know, so sometimes I might have to... uh, bunch together a couple of little mini tales to make a full episode but I want to meet our pantheon you know there's been because a lot of the time these gods only pop in and out and some of them are major and some of them are minor you know sometimes gods that we think are major are actually surprisingly minor and only appear in one or two tales as one of my biggest discoveries recently was that Lear as in king as in the children of Lear is a figure who only appeared as recent as the 13th century, whereas Manon in MacLear, who's supposed to be his son and his subsequent god of the sea, is like about a thousand years older than Lear. And we don't think that Lear was ever actually worshipped as a deity. We don't think he was a god, whereas there is a strong case that Manon in MacLear was in fact worshipped as a deity and that Manon in MacLear literally just means son of the sea and the god of the sea, that there was no Lear before him. So because of that, I really want to dive as much as possible into these. Now, Manonin is a particularly good one to be starting with because he's the first one mentioned, was almost definitely worshipped as a god, and there actually is quite a lot of stories about him. So I sifted through, and I put this episode together. It's kind of a, a mini tale and a main tale, so kind of a Pixar short and then a, and then a main tale, and we'll talk a bit more afterwards but this is Mananon. Uh, this is Mananon at play on Fireside. Mananon at play. There was once a man and a magician. The magician was demonstrating marvels and illusions for the man. He was at the climax of his performance, his best trick yet. He was past the pledge and the turn. It was now time for the prestige. The magician took from a silk bag a hair, not a hair as in on your head, but as in a rabbit's longer cousin. Of course, rabbits in magic tricks are now as old as top hats and tails, but this was the very first trick performed on Aira's shores. But the magician did not stop with the hare. After the big rabbit, the mage pulled a dog. He then told the dog to chase the hare. Next from the bag came a young boy and finally a young girl. The girl was to chase the boy who was to chase the dog who was to hunt the hare. The man looked on in amazement at the hunt before him. But soon the line of pursuit disappeared from sight and the magician grew worried. Come, he said. I worry the dog has killed the hare and the girl has coupled with the boy. The man wondered what the magician had thought would happen, but he didn't say this. Soon they found the four creatures and sure enough, there was the dog gnawing on the bones of the big rabbit and the two youths in each other's arms. The magician was in a rage. He took his sword and sliced the boy's head clean off. The man was horrified. I don't call that entertainment. 
the magician's side before picking up the severed head and placing it back on the boy's shoulders. The magician then took a piece of herb, placed it on the youth's lips, and the boy came back to life. But the man still looked on in horror. You've put his head on the wrong way. I'd rather be dead. The magician was annoyed now. He placed a hand on either side of the boy's head and twisted it 180 degrees. With a crack that should have killed the boy a second time, he was nonetheless as good as new. The creatures then returned to the silk bag. The magician then disappeared into the sea. And the man never told a soul of what he had seen that day. But then again, if that were true, how am I telling you this story now? But after the fall of the Tua de Danan, when they had faded from the land into the earth and memory, retreating into the other world, it was Mananin Maklir, god of the sea, who became their high king. It was Mananon who found and built homes for his own kind, whether that was on his own domain of the sea or not. But as the time of the mortals grew, and king followed king, more and more the god of the sea liked to visit the mortal world and mess in their affairs. And during the reign of A. Dove O'Donnell, or Black Hugh O'Donnell, in the kingdom of Tyr Connell in today's county Donegal, there was once a great feast. Over the hill towards the keep came walking a clown, he was wearing suitable clown gear, baggy, tattered, stripy clothes, oversized shoes filled with puddles of water that squelched loudly as he walked, his sword hung naked by his side, and his messy straw hair and big ears protruding from under his tattered cloak. The clown approached the king, who asked this stranger, Who are you, and where did you come from? It's not where I come from that matters. It's here I am now, said the clown sagely and cryptically. King Hugh summoned his keep's gatekeeper. Did you let in this clown? Uh, no, my king. I've never seen him before. A fine gatekeeper you are, so why is it that I keep you alive? Leave him be, a eh, Dove O'Donnell, interjected the clown. It was not his fault. It's easy enough I was able to get into your house, and it's easy enough I will leave it again. The king's interest in the mysterious clown overpowered his annoyance at this apparent security breach, so he asked for the stranger to be seated for the feast. When the blood of flesh and wine were flowing like angry rapids, the king's bards and musicians began to play. The finest musicians in Tyr Connell though they were, the clown guest clearly was not impressed. By the gods, Black Hugh, the sound of men drowning or dying on the battlefield would be less distressing than what's emanating from the lips and fingers of your minstrels. The king took this as a challenge. Well... As you are an entertainer yourself, surely you can do better. You have so far failed to make me laugh. Let us see if you fare better as a singer than as a clown. 
The clown humbly arose and took the harp from the hands of the deeply offended musicians. We have feelings too, said the disgruntled bard. The clown focused, and as a magician casting a spell began to flourish and pluck the strings of the harp, and such music had never been heard on the northwest of Ireland. It was the sound to cool a hot rage, to calm a mercurial temper. It would lull you to sleep if it did not so grip the lapels of your attention. When the clown was finished, the king spoke again. That is the music of the gods. We have never been blessed with such gifts. The clown bowed. One day I am sweet, the next I am sour. Have this clown reseated by my side. We have much to discuss. But the clown refused. Thank you, Black Hugh, but I would rather return to my humble seat, an ugly clown playing for the amusement of the lords and ladies. Then at least accept the gift of clothing, of the finest wool in era. Donegal is still famous today for its tweed. Oh no, said the clown, I would never give the upper class the satisfaction. I am not for them to boast about how they donated clothing to a poor musical clown. This seemingly socialist apparent ingratitude was a total bafflement to the court of Tyr Connell. A. Dove O'Donnell began to suspect that this stranger was not of their world. The clown had made no qualms about how easily he had entered the house and how easily he would leave. So the king became determined to keep the clown at court. He wanted to learn more about him and of his people, but he also wanted to outsmart and outwit the man who was making a clown of the king. Twenty infantry and twenty horsemen were stationed outside the keep. "'Are you expecting an attack tonight?' asked the clown. "'Oh, no, these men are for your protection,' said the king, "'just in case you sleepwalk off into the night.' The clown looked sternly at the king. It is not in your house I will be eating tomorrow night, if that's what you're thinking. I already have dinner plans in another king's keep. It most certainly is, cried the king under no more passive pretense. You will stay here as long as I see fit, and if you even try to leave, I will knock you unconscious myself. The clown said nothing. He merely picked up the harp again and began to strum. The king and his court once again became enchanted by the otherworldly tune. When he felt them all sufficiently under the music spell, the clown called to the soldiers stationed outside. Here I come, lads. Keep a close watch on me, or you might lose me. When the soldiers heard this, they raised their swords and axes high in the air, ready to strike the smarmy clown. The gates opened and the soldiers charged, but in the rage and confusion the men chopped each other to bits until they lay in a pool of blood like stains of steak and wine. The clown walked over the corpses and approached the gatekeeper who he had previously slipped by. 
For this insult, began the clown, I will take twenty cows and one hundred acres of Adolf O'Donnell's lands. He then handed the gatekeeper a handful of herbs. In exchange, place a piece of this herb on the lips of every dead man here, and tomorrow they will each rise with the sun, alive and well. With his new cattle in tow and his one hundred acres selected, the mysterious clown left Tyrconnell. He was next seen walking the coastline towards the sea, and then he was never seen again. And this was how Mananan MacLear entertained himself in later life. Like so many gods, he loved adopting the form of a mortal, visiting the courts of petty kings and reminding them of their limitations, of how they were not gods and that the gods were always watching. It also reminded them to keep thoughts of hospitality in mind, because even a homeless clown could really be the god of the sea. But such was the temperament of Manon and MacLear. He was like the terrain he ruled, ever-changing, unpredictable, fun to play with, but never without danger. It was said that if Manon and MacLear was in the gallows with the rope around his neck, you would blink and the god would be gone, and another in his place. But the deity also abhorred death. He hated watching sailors drown, and since the second battle of Moitara, hated to even see a drop of blood spilt, whether it was mortal or otherwise. So any mortal who Mananan killed in the performance of his magic and wonders would always, always be brought back to life. His new role as the trickster was apt. To be continued. And that is the story of Mananen MacLear at play on Fireside. Or rather these two stories. So these came from my original gospel source, which is uh, Lady Mac- Lady, Gre- Lady McGregory, Conor McGregory, uh, Lady Gregory's complete Irish mythology. Which, while it is the source that I've got, there would be no fireside without this book. Pretty much, it was this and W. B. Yeats's books, as I've said many, many times, were my two gospel and and continue to be. And it's really nice revisiting them now. Um, mostly, they have. It's laid out as the stories, you know, but she does have a section towards the end of the first part of the book where she has uh, individual chapters donated, dedicated to individual gods, which have now been uh, a great resource to me in recent times. They were where I found the source for The Voyage of Bran and The Adventure of Conley, and these these are all Mananan stories. They all come under Mananan's chapters because Mananan actually has a couple of chapters dedicated to him because there was quite a good many stories about him. But he is a supporting player, or, like, that's even generous. He is a cameo appearance in most of the stories, like so often stories with the gods are once mortals get involved. But so he's such a fascinating character and one that we know definitely was worshipped as a god. So it's no surprise that there are so many stories featuring him. But I wanted to do one that had him as the central figure. But of course, it being Manon and MacLear and a trickster elusive god, 
it's never explicitly him. We have him in the form of this incredible clown. It's incredible to picture a clown still as we would view them today, but in ancient Ireland. And who knows about how, if this is a more recent tale or an ancient tale, but it reminds me certainly a lot of the likes of Loki and Zeus in in Norse and Greek mythology, respectively, of the idea of the god in disguise and visiting the mortals. That's always been one of my favorite aspects of all mythologies is this is this deep, deep respect of hospitality. And I'm reading an incredible book at the moment on the Brehan laws, which were the system of laws from ancient Ireland, even before the Celts arrived. Basically, the laws that evolved from belief in the Tuatha Dé Danann, and it's been incredible to to learn a bit more about them. Um, it's it's called Breton Laws, The Ancient Wisdom of Ireland by a writer named Joe Kerrigan, uh, who's a wonderful, clear writer. It's a really entertaining book. But one of the laws about hospitality was that an innkeeper could not refuse to accept someone into their home or into their, into their inn. They had to accept all, and if not, they would be punished accordingly. So naturally, there are going to be so many stories about the value of hospitality, and this certainly is one, because of the 150-odd Tua kingdoms that would have been in Ireland, in ancient Ireland at this time, it was, you were not protected if you went outside your Tua. If you were a nobleman or a labourer or a farmer or a serf, whatever, you were only protected by your king if you stayed within your kingdom. If you went to another kingdom, you had no rights anymore. The only exceptions were kings on emissaries, as long as they were peaceful, or if you were a judge or a poet or a bard. So it was the storytellers and the poets and the singers. They could travel freely between between kingdoms. And so here we have an example of this, of a strange entertainer entering a kingdom and the warnings to not force yourself upon them. Because you could imagine being a petty king and having this incredible entertainer come in and sit at your court. And you would naturally want him to stay always, you know. If you had, uh, say, just Tom Jones, you know, just wander into uh, <laughs> under your court. That seems like a very left field uh, guess. It's because he was on Jules Holland's Hootenanny on, uh, on New Year's Eve. And he is still, even in his 80s, he is still one of the best singers in the world. But Tom Jones or, you know, or Christy Moore, Billie Eilish, anyone. Imagine this incredible artist come in, wandering around and just appearing in your kingdom for one night only. Naturally, you would want them to stay. But this is a warning to respect that law of the freedom of bards and judges and poets that they must be allowed to come and go as they please because they had such an important role in society because they were the keepers before anything was written down, they were the keepers of all knowledge, of family histories, of stories, of everything. And of course, of entertainment. And so we have that reason to be respected as well. And then this double thing that particularly features in a lot of Norse mythology of that you need to respect strangers because you don't know who they are. And they could be anyone. You know, they could be a god in disguise. But there was, there's a lot that's very folk tale about this, very like a fairy tale, this story. Um, it actually, there was, there was quite a bit more to it. There's, there's more places that, um, 
that the clown goes to, that Manon goes to, but there was none as good or none as strong, I didn't feel, as this first visit. I thought the whole story was here. And then I couldn't resist but put this tag in at the beginning of this incredible magic trick of the hair and the boy and the girl. It is interesting, isn't it, that, you know, that is the cliche image of magicians now, is the rabbit in the top hat. And here we have an ancient Irish case of a hair being pulled from a bag by a magician who is the god of the sea in disguise. So, total coincidence possibly, but that the image of the rabbit coming out of the hat of a rabbit in in magic goes back at least that far. So, I think that is also one der fell. I don't think there is a huge amount else to talk about today, urgently. Just looking back through it again. Um, This, worth saying that this Black Hugh O'Donnell was a real king. Uh, as as is always wonderful when they kind of brush, when these stories brush with history, as that's where you get really interesting when the lines are blurred, which we saw. We saw Brian Baru as kind of the tail end of that, of a real king who we know a huge amount about, who's on the tail ends of mythology, but mythology is still hanging on with him and there are still legends that may or may not happen. And of course, then more fantastical tales that almost certainly didn't happen. But that goes right back and... The O'Donnells of Tyrconnell were one of the great, great houses of of ancient era. And we have an incredible Black Hugh O'Donnell, or A. Dove O'Donnell, which is just an incredible name. Some others included, we have, we have a Red Hugh O'Donnell, much later on, around the time. He's around the time of the end of the Gaelic occupation uh, during the Elizabethan conquest. He was one of the last ones, I believe, and I think it's his defeat that leads to what was called as the Flight of the Earls, which was the official end of Gaelic Ireland in gay society until then the Gaelic revival in the late 19th century, which led eventually to our independence. But so Black Hugh O'Donnell was undoubtedly a descendant of Red Hugh O'Donnell, uh, and then who knows how many other, all the hue, colours of the bow, from black to red and everything in between. I think I'll wrap things up there, folks. I hope you enjoy that. The first episode of 2021. It feels great. It's a good new year. I'm delighted I kept going, um, as in that we had an episode the last two weeks. I still managed to get a good break at Christmas. And now it's just time to get on top of things again. A lot of plans for 2021, you know, a lot of plans that got cancelled for 2020. But the one thing, the only thing that hasn't ever had to be rearranged or reorganized in my life at the moment is Fireside. And I've never been more appreciative of it and of all of you, each and every one of you for listening. And for those of you who follow me, who message me, who support the Patreon You've never been more appreciated because this has become a constant in my life. And more and more, I feel this still continues to grow. I feel I continue to grow. The podcast continues to grow. And it, the podcast is very nearly some, is never very nearly its own business now, which is what I really wanted for it, but didn't know if it would happen in the incredibly competitive world of podcasting. But it's, it's in, it's in, eyesight now as thanks to each and every one of you so please follow me on instagram at fireside bard 
Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Join our community on uh, patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast. Even if you think I would buy that lad a, a cup of coffee or a pint a month, that is there for that. Um, that's what that's there for. Thank you so much to everyone over at Headstuff, Paddy, Connor, and Alan. Big announcement. I probably said that uh, the announcement will be this week, but it'll actually be next week. Headstuff are launching a huge project that has been in development for well over a year now and is finally on our doorstep and I look forward to chatting you about that a good deal over the coming months uh, it's a very exciting time to be a part of the Headstuff Podcast Network and now you all could be too I'll talk more about that next week next week we have another folktale brilliant recent folktale I found uh, called The Bard and the King of Cats uh, we've had another couple of big cats in recent in recent episodes and this is another wonderful one and as, as regular listeners will know, I love stories about stories. Stories about storytelling and stories about storytellers. Because is that is that vain? Is that egotistical? I don't know. But I like seeing the roles of stories and stories explain themselves. Uh, I just, that's, but that might be just me. But I hope you all do as well. But you will enjoy it. It's a great story. Look forward to telling you it. So I'll see you all next time. You'll see me, you'll... I'll see you all, you'll hear me next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.